Hey guys, welcome back to the Moto Academy podcast, the number one podcast in motocross. If you enjoy listening and want to watch full episodes, you can enjoy them inside the Moto Academy app. Try your first month free by using code MOTOFREE at club.themotoacademy.com and experience the world's best online motocross community and training platform. Again, that's code MOTOFREE at club.themotoacademy.com. See you guys inside the app. Okay, we're recording there, recording here, recording here. I'm parched, but holy cow, another mass, what what is this called? This is a podcast, not a masterclass. Podcast, yep. Off to a rough start. The number one podcast in motocross. If you know, you know. And guess who we have for a guest today? We've got still no nickname, just Grant, Mm -hmm. just Grant. Editor slash film guy is what he always puts on the title, right? What do you put underneath? Uh, yeah, editor and film guy. Editor and film guy. Mm-hmm. Editor slash or and film guy. Grant's been a part of the team now for three three two, months, probably two three months, two three two tree, two three two yeah. three months, yeah, two three months, and he has been just thrown just thrown to the wolves, just thrown to the wolves. We should have done this intro podcast a bit earlier. But we fly by the seat of our pants here at the Moto Academy, and we like for you guys to just stay guessing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this podcast, we're going to kind of talk about what we've done. We're in Florida. This is another Florida recorded episode. So we are at my condo complex, and we keep getting yelled at. It's a bunch of old people that live here. And uh, okay, so the van, they've, they're have they pissed about the van. It's a commercial van, apparently. It's a commercial van. They're, they're not happy about it. Second of all... Grant has a, a what is it? The bike? Oh, the, it's a Z125. It's basically a Honda Grom. But it's, it's like a, a Grom, Kawasaki, Kawasaki version. version of a Grom. It's way too loud. So drive, did you get yelled at it yet? Or no. just uh, driver Jamie? No, I'm just driver. He rides it more than I do. Does he? Yeah. So driver Jamie was just trying to like go get groceries or go somewhere and he got yelled at because it was too loud in the parking garage. Um, and I'm sure they've got yelled at for other things too. So yeah, oopsie daisy. Luckily, we, we're selling it. We've been pretty good, honestly. Have you? Yeah. It seems like... Just night one, Jamie was just it unleashed. It seems like all the issues have been stemmed from a certain somebody. Uh, wow. So it's all Driver Jamie's fault, just like most things are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shout out Driver Jamie. He was on the rock formation in the pool night one. It was wild. <laughs> <laughs> he got... <laughs> oh, my God. I, I don't know. How did he get up there? Uh, so the sun, the sun chairs, like, you know, you lay on. Yeah. They have, like metal braces across him to like hold the mattress yeah and he, he flipped one the other way and used the metal braces as a stepladder f- leaned it up against the the wall and stepladdered his way up wow true fireman experience athleticism handy. yeah and athlet- athleticism and fireman experience combined and yeah. then he jumped off he, the waterfall he was gonna jump off uh-huh. thank god he didn't he huh? had a moment of realization that three feet isn't very deep so he like did a like a dead hang off the edge of the thing uh-huh. and dropped in and still hit the still bottom. Still bottomed Yeah. So had he have jumped off, would he have hurt himself? Yeah, we'd probably have went to the emergency room. He, he, uh, you could hear him say ow when he hit because really? his, his head didn't go under. His like, oh my God. His, his butt hit the bottom <laughs> and the, the water level was like up to here. Ow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kids, ladies, gentlemen, anyone listening? Is Doug with Tony? We oh. got Tony here. Tony's. Nope. nope. Oh, he's just on a walk with Doug. Shout out, Doug. Yep. I used to cliff jump a lot when I was a kid. It's fun. 
And I was extremely calculated about it. I'm talking, I would never jump first. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I didn't allow any of my team or crew to just jump. The close friends. I would, al- <laughs> I would always make sure that somebody found a way to like climb down and swim and then swim to the bottom. And mm-hmm. I was always freaked out by the water. So I didn't want to be in there any longer than I had to. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't the one to go swim around and go check it out. But I would always make sure somebody would go depth check yeah depth, do a little depth check yep i was really calculated about it because that you can i don't think i've ever really oh yeah i did i was gonna say i haven't seen somebody mess themselves up but i was at a bachelor party oh boy in north carolina that big lake whatever it's called lake uh i have no idea norman lake norman uh yep uh rope swing into the water mm-hmm. which are have you done one yeah they're fun awesome there, but you got to know the technique. Yeah. You got to yeah. know the strategy. I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast before, but so this one was especially aggressive. Like the, the swing was, a, it was aggressive and you had to get the distance because if you didn't, it was way too, way too shallow. Was it like, were you starting up really high? So that's why it was so aggressive. Yeah, like there was a, just, like or the rope swing. wasn't long enough and it just made for a really, t- there was oh. something about it that just made, like it was a lot to hang on to. Yeah. But it, oh no. And it was also like the setup to it. You almost had, you had to know the strategy, which is always keep tension in the line. Right? Oh, yes. Because yeah. if you, if you create a little slack and then it does one of these. It rips it out of your hands. It's going to rip it out of your hands. Mm-hmm. That's where you usually see like all of the rope swing <laughs> errors. Yeah. It is like slack in the line, catches and the next thing you know. And they hit the beach and just not the water. Just tomahawk you into the beach. Yeah. So I, I've got some good rope swing experience. So I go second. Mm-hmm. Don't go first. I go sec second and i actually when i go to drop in i jump backwards a little bit right yeah and even just for the safety precautions i don't go straight to straight arm i kind of start like this just to make sure and then as i go down i'll go mm-hmm. to straight arm yeah and i do a flip first try because it's easier to flip on a rope swing yeah than you're, already, straight air. you're already, already halfway there. there yeah apparently i inspired so much confidence in the next person who was going who had never done a rope swing they did clearly just had no experience with this type of thing get up there and didn't like express nervousness so all of us just kind of like, it didn't think much of it yeah and he does the old like steps into it type of thing oh. creates just enough slack to where like he's able to hold on for a second but then let's go mm-hmm. and just tomahawks himself upside down and lands right next to my friend who's in the water who's standing just waist deep oh so it was like, like head first well like basically you know paralyze yourself worst case scenario type yeah. of deal Ugh. and he broke um he broke his collarbone or some different defin- definite concussion <laughs> broke his collar like he by the he hit the water or he disappeared head in the water and then popped out so fast because i think he was like embarrassed yeah but we knew he was messed up and he's bleeding from the head and he's just collarbone is, is screwed up and he was a, he's a, like a big guy, big guy. He's a big guy. A lot of so force. Be, people listening, be careful. Yeah. You be can, careful. you can get messed up like at a, at a lake, like cliff jumping or tubing yeah. or rope swings and yeah, even tubing. Yeah. Usually, tubing is like such a casual, like family fun activity. Yeah. I don't tube. I dislocated my shoulder doing <laughs> it one time. Yeah. I don't mess around with that. Oh, also, I mean, water sports in general, I went kneeboarding one time. Have you ever been kneeboarding? I'm not good at it. 
Oh my God, I slapped the water so hard. I had some of the hardest <laughs> kneeboard crashes you could have in the first two minutes. And then I was just like, nope, yeah, okay. we're, we're done. I'm shutting it down. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to answer questions. You guys have submitted some questions. Did you have any um, comments on there that are worth responding to? Yeah, there's a couple of good ones. Yeah. And then I have video submissions okay. as well. We could start with that if we mm -hmm. want, or we could start with just what I've written down for notes, which is basically just I wrote down trip so far. Whatever you want to do. Uh, did you ride today? No, no, it was too rainy and cold. Mm. I was shivering. Have you, you haven't ridden a ton since you've been here? Uh, I did one 10 minute session. And that was enough? Mm-hmm. Well, for the day, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, I just, we've been, we've been cranking stuff out. I haven't yeah. had time. Yeah. So Grant is responsible for all YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. All of the, all of the, all of the footage filming. Yeah. Yeah. So Jackson does the social editing, editing, which sometimes it's not really even editing. It's just finding the clips and yeah. cutting them. Yeah, we're pulling the uh, clips. But yep. Jackson is is responsible for the social stuff. Uh, so that includes Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube Shorts. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. And I think that's it. I think it's the four of them. Yeah, and the stories, and yep. uh, and that's for my personal, and that's for Moto Academy as well. And then Grant does the filming for all of it. And then you edit the uh, Moto Academy YouTube videos. Yep. AJ Cat and Zero YouTube videos, podcast clips, yep. videos, and then anything video wise that's inside of the app. So all exclusive the, content. Yep. And then all the master classes inside of the app as well. So Grant has a hefty set of deliverables. And our filming schedule has kind of like it's it's put you up against yeah you haven't really been able to get ahead because we've only been filming just enough to kind of like get you yeah which, and uh would you be able would you be able to get ahead if you had enough content i i think i feel like i could um but it'd be like some long friggin' days uh to like get out what i need to get out for that day or the next day and then get ahead yeah like uh before we came down here I spent like four four days where I was like sun up to sundown just at the computer and I got ahead till Saturday. So to make sure that from you can... Wednesday to Saturday. So I had time to get stuff done. And I yeah. I would have done more, but I was like literally out of content. Um, okay. But... And it worked. I mean, we got just enough from the Tomahawk trip basically to get us down here. That's mm -hmm. always the tricky part, is like and hopefully we can really nail this down for for this year um is figuring out where that sweet spot is like how long should these trips be how frequently should they be yeah so that you're not away from the editing too much but at least the internet's been good here yeah it's been it's been good except yesterday we were trying to watch the race and the down like the download speed just went away went away mm -hmm. i was trying to upload a just a thumbnail i was trying to fix that thumbnail and the whole race shut down and it was spinning and everyone oh. was yelling at me and I was like, sorry, I'm just trying, <laughs> to, upload, trying to upload a thumbnail. Because guys. It, I didn't think my technique was good enough. Is this that, that yes. thumbnail? Yeah. Yeah. Because the thumbnail was fine. Uh, it was good, but it was just like a, a whoop master class or a roller master Sand class rollers. or uh, just a how-to video. And I was leaning too far back. My arms were too extended. And so I, I complained and I had him get it, find a picture that had my head further forward. And then I, I did it a second time. But you were showing how not to do it as well, and uh -huh. I I took the second picture from a the how not to do it <laughs> run on accident. Freaking amateur move. So the second one was no good, but the third one's the third one's mint. So we're, 
I mean, Grant, if, well, you've been a fly in the wall for like a couple of years now. So yeah, you haven't been, been like internal enough to see the stressors and what's like we actually struggle with and what we're good at. Yeah. Like internally. But we have come so far in the last 18 months, just the last 12 months, and it's only going to get better. Like even just to get you the help yeah. to be able to do stupid stuff like thumbnails and whatever it is that's like screws up that normal workflow. Yeah. Another uh, editor, about, video guy, thumbnail guy would be yeah. sick. Yeah. Because even if, let, let's say the deliverables we have now, and you guys, have, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you've noticed like we were trying to stick to two podcasts a week. And once we, the van's getting shipped to California, it's coming back. So we're going to be just down to one podcast a week for the next probably month. And then we'll get back to two a week. The deliverables though on, you know, all the socials, the YouTube, the, in the app have doubled, tripled, quadrupled in the last six months. So, and a lot of that has fallen on, on Grant and Jackson. So if we get another person in there very soon, which is the plan, mm -hmm. if we up the deliverables a little, a tiny bit more, but then split it to that next guy, everybody's loads are going to be yeah. lessened. And then it's just going to be like clockwork. Hopefully, it'd be, yeah, it'd be cool. Like, um, yeah, just to get some like help with stuff. To because be what happens, have... it, this is at least my opinion of, of what happens. Cause I, this is what I experienced is that when you get too busy, you cannot help but to, um, be, for lack of a better term here, like a, a task monkey. Yeah. You can't not be that because you're too busy. You're just looking at that checklist and you're just doing, you're just in the weeds doing it. Just trying to stay afloat. And it doesn't allow you time to like even step back and, and think and be creative yeah. and try to like think about, okay, <clears throat> how could we do this differently or better or what could we add to it i want the whole team to have enough of that brain power yeah uh and time to to brain to use that the good thing is we we have tony in a position that eases my role mm -hmm. so i constantly now have the bird's eye view to where i i can kind of see that stuff yeah but it's always good to have i think each member of the team needs to have a little bit of that instead of being constantly just stuck on the front lines yeah going yeah. wide open 24 7 you know yeah I mean? because you become almost like task saturated to where you can't yeah. you're you're just trying so hard to keep up with what you have to do where mm -hmm. yeah like you said you don't have time to like brainstorm other ideas or or like be that creative because you're just so yeah the way overloaded. people explain it like for my role like a ceo role is you end up working you you get stuck working in the business instead of on um, the business. Yep, that's a that's good a good way to, way to look it. at it. Yeah, and that it's better than doing nothing. Yeah, <laughs> but but that becomes an issue because and that's like uh, you know twenty twenty two would be an example of that. If you go and look at man, if the public were to ever see our profit and loss documents from twenty twenty two, it's unbelievable, dude. It's a mess. <laughs> And it's a mess because I, it was like the first year where I was, we were really making a lot of money and mm -hmm. doing a lot, but I did. And I looked at it last night. I did a hundred and this was just me, I think in 2022, maybe there was some of like coach James at that point, but not that much yet. I can't remember 118 classes 
is how many oh, I did. Wow. So I would, and I only had a couple of employees really at the yeah. time. So I was doing all of it. That's like one and every 118 days. classes. It was insane. So what ended up happening is, yeah, we made a little bit more actually than what we made in 2023, mm -hmm. but we spent $300,000 or $400,000 more. Yeah. Which is just, crazy. Yeah, that is nuts. Just from, about. just from like missing things uh, and just being stuck in the weeds and not being able to just make deci obvious decisions. Yeah. Where yeah. when you look at the profit and loss, you're just like, oh man, really? Yeah, it's painful to look at now, but... You were just so task yeah, saturated yeah. and overloaded that yep. you can't think clearly. Which is why I always tell people when I give like entrepreneurial advice for anyone that starts a business you need to create a good team of people all yeah. around you it, there's yeah. so many people that try to create something and then just do it just themselves yeah and you're you're working in the business instead of on the business the whole time forever yeah but and you I, can only like reach a certain level yeah it's hard to grow that way but you like i also understand people wanting to do it all themselves because it's your vision uh-huh and that's, that's so hard it's never gonna portray like your vision is never going to come across the same vision as somebody else it's so hard so it's hard to like someone else might think it's it's the right thing to do but then you look at it and it's not what you thought so it's not up to your mm -hmm. up to your standard so it's i understand where people want to do it themselves i reflect on that constantly with us because there's so much autonomy going on now between mm -hmm. tony hannah you jackson uh, who else is doing our content stuff? Well, now a little, Mid little bit with Nate. Nate, now Mitchell's gonna start after this week. Mitchell's gonna start pumping out a lot more content. I need to make sure that like it's going the way that I envision it going. Because yeah. if I don't pay attention for a few days or a week, all of a sudden it could end up going a direction that like we none of us really meant for it. Yeah, so. yeah. It's it's, it's freaking difficult, man. <laughs> It's really difficult, but it's fun. It's fun. It's all fun challenges. Uh, okay, so let's let's answer questions. If Grant can answer them, great. We got Daniel Youngblood. Was he there today? Yeah. yeah Shout he, out Daniel Youngblood. He sent three questions. We're going to answer maybe a couple of them. He's a cool dude. And that's his son that so he was cool. with, right? Yeah, his son is probably going to be in a YouTube video. Cool. Yeah. They. How old is his son? Do we know? I want to say between like 14 and 17, somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, they're, they're super cool. He's like one of the few app members that I feel like I know because he sends in so mm -hmm. many podcast clips and I edit him. So, so I, I recognize his face and he's, he's super cool. Really nice guy. Speaking of which club.themotoacademy.com go subscribe, get inside the app so you can submit your questions to be answered on the podcast. And if you're already in the app, send in your questions. There's so many people that you know, for the longest time, shoot, it was the real GP and it was pre-mixed pops and it was the the, the proud few at the beginning yeah. that really held the everything on their shoulders. Yep. But don't be shy. Submit a video. I know it's awkward to turn the phone around and aim it at your face if you're not used to doing it. But the only person who thinks it's awkward is is the is you. So just yeah. it's good practice. Get used to it. Send in a video. Um, Doesn't have to be motocross related either. It can be absolutely anything, guys. Absolutely anything. I could teach you how to. Uh, Grant can teach you how to drink Mick Ultras. Yep. Red Bull Vodkas. Yeah, Grant, Grant can teach you how to play darts. Darts. He could teach you how to fly a plane. Maybe. How to race. Well, we forgot how to do that by now, both of us. Go-karts, yeah. We should Go -karts. do that before. Oh, 
Man. Today would have been a good now go-kart day. Now I want to race go-karts. Today would have been a good go-kart day. Okay, yeah. da- Daniel Youngblood, shout out. Oh, we whiskeyed. I got whiskey with it. Hang on. What's up, Moto Academy? Daniel Youngblood here. Hey, AJ. Question about block passing. How do I do that? And how do I stop people from taking me out of the corner when they're coming up? What's the fundamentals on that? Thanks, guys. Good question. That's a really good and question. And Grant's been pushing for this kind of video yeah. as of recent that that's, was grant's addition to the shot list that's this week. funny because yeah that's on been on the shot list every day and we haven't done it okay so first of all what was the first part of that how to do it yeah how to do it okay this is the most common mistake i see when it comes to block passing and it happens even at the pro level when people are rookies i even remember doing this when i was a rookie in supercross is trying to go for the pass when you're just not close enough mm-hmm and then you end up trying to like drive it in and then you realize three quarters of the way into your attempt that you're not even close enough to make anything happen and then you just lose time. And usually- Or you end up hitting a person yeah. when you're like, it doesn't make sense. Usually when guys know they're gonna be, they're not gonna get there in time, they still commit to it for some reason and then they end up hitting their front wheel like on the dude's motor and yeah. then like they knife the bars and it slows them down even more. Yeah. I feel like I see that all the time. And that normally happens when you aren't premeditating it. So you're, it just is kind of like, all right, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like the person who commits to a jump last second because they just thought of jumping it like right then and there. Yeah. And there was no <laughs> there was no planning ahead of time. So yeah. especially now, I mean, if you watch some of the LCQs on TV last year or any of the races that you can kind of get a visual on me, my pla- my passes are timed laps ahead of time mm-hmm. La- I've, i kind of find where my strengths are on the track i find where their weaknesses are on the track and then i just time it accordingly i and, feel like you you end up getting like you when you're racing you, you have one good spot on the track yeah. where like you just seem to be faster than most people you kind of set it up there yep. that's always going to happen so recognize where your strengths are on the track so let's say it's in a rhythm section or a a whoop section or a couple of consecutive corners where you feel like, all right, I feel really good here. So anytime in that or after that would be your opportunity because you know you're going to be closing the gap on potentially somebody that's near or around you. And then you have to be right there on the guy. Mm -hmm. Like to make a proper block pass, you have to be coming into the corner next to them. Yeah, basically. Essentially, you can't be three bike lengths behind. No. Uh, and yeah, so that's the biggest thing is just being close enough and then thinking about it uh, ahead of time. But, uh, beyond that, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. You don't have to make contact. You just have to, once you have a wheel on them on the inside, you kind of can control it. You have to watch out for them doing the checkup and cut under. Mm -hmm. So you just have to basically, when I do that, I will, I'm watching them. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And I'll just I'll go just fast enough or just slow enough to make sure that I'm right there yeah. in their way. Because I try not to take it too far. Like there's a lot of situations where you could easily bump them or hit their front tire and yeah. try to make them tip over. But I usually try to do it the nice way if I can. I've parked some dudes in local races and my strategy is always get as close to them coming into the corner and try and get like the front of my engine, like where the, the header is kind of into their front wheel. Cause yeah when they cut down it'll it'll jam their front wheel up and as long as your front wheel's in front of their whole bike you won't go down yeah you don't want your front wheel hitting somebody you want that nowhere you near want them. your you if you're gonna make contact ever which there's sometimes where like a little bit of grazing contact is actually appropriate yeah. you want your engine area or your back tire to be what's making the contact not your front tire no 
that's you, more of a T-bone. That's also going to be way higher risk for you. And that's usually happening again to the people that are just like coming in way too far behind. Yeah, yeah. And then to defend, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at this. Like the, a good example for defense would be in Supercross when you go into the second corner. Mm-hmm. Going into the second mm-hmm. corner in Supercross, it's like, <laughs> all right. There's, and there's two ways I do this. One, I either go, I go so far inside at an angle that I will graze my foot peg up against the tough block and then kind of aim for the three-quarter mark on the berm. So, I don't go Cade Clayson 50cc style around the inside, yeah. but I will graze my foot peg to close the door on the corner entry yeah. and then carry my speed up to like the three-quarter mark in the berm. So that you're, sense? you're doing your whole turn in the last three quarters. Yeah, and yeah. then I basically just pivot and go. And it's that, not fast, but it's a safe bet to play the defense because there's no room for them to get in Yeah, there. no one can go inside of you because they'd be running over the inside bail. Yep. Or, and this is a great strategy that I feel like a lot of people don't utilize, in the second corner in Supercross, I will use another rider as my defense. So if somebody's coming into a corner and in the rut, I will go and ride up above them. Mm-hmm. And there's been countless times where they'll get hit, but they're they're my safety net, so I'm just up above them. Yeah. And it that's a that's a good move because what you don't want to do is have the guy going in that rut and be like, "All right, I'm going to go under this guy." Mm-hmm. Cuz then you're going to get like dungy stew T-bone potentially from the guy that's just flying up the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not even trying to take that guy out. He's probably just trying to defend himself also. And you happen to be there. Second yeah. corners in Supercross, it's like a chess match that happens in one second and you have 22 people playing and it's just like, okay, yeah. what the heck's going to happen? And it's just a minefield if someone does one thing wrong. Yeah, I always will just like stand up mm-hmm. and ride the very crown molding at the top <laughs> and just use all the guys <laughs> under me as defense, let even them, if it's not fast. Let them safe. fold in there like dominoes. Yeah. So yeah, those are my two defense strategies. Daniel Youngblood, good question. Good question. I like it. Uh, all right, we got a question from Gen Z. Oh, she rides horses. I, she might have told me that and I didn't. I forgot about that. Hey, AJ. I've been doing some reading recently on biohacking. I'm trying to work on my nutrition, my exercise program over the winter, especially while there's not a lot of time to ride. And a lot of the things that I'm reading contradict a lot of what I thought I knew about food in general, specifically uh, protein sources, plant-based protein. I'm a vegetarian, so it's making me kind of question some of the life choices that I've made. Uh, so I was wondering if you you know, read about it, heard about it. If so, uh, if you have any thoughts on the subject and uh, you know, think if it's a valid uh, science or if it's just kind of pseudoscience. So, all right, thanks. Cool. Shout out Gen Z and her horsies. Uh, by the way, good cross training for moto, I guess. Keeping those hips in the right position. Seems Translates like it well. would be. Do you have any horseback riding experience? No. To you be don't? honest, they scare me a little bit. Oh, do they? They're 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 so big. Like if it wanted to. Oh yeah. Mess you up. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've got a little bit of horseback riding experience. Are you good at it? Um. Oh yeah. My hip position. My posture. Are you kidding me? So you're just straight up jockey. Uh, have you ever cow. been on like a bowl? Um, not a real bowl, but like mechanical, mechanical bowl at a bar. Yeah. How are you on the mechanical? I bowl? was gross because I was about seventeen uh, Red Bull vodkas deep. Uh-huh. I got up on the leaderboard for the week. <laughs> yeah, and I did it legit too. Like some one people hand. grab with two hands, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, one hand that baby, and yeah, it all hurts. Day. Yeah, it's not great. No, I I did one. I'd there we have gone and been to where we've seen them multiple times with the mm-hmm. guys at Supercross, and it's been the talk of like. 
No one had got on it, and we we're like, oh. somebody's got to get on the bowl eventually. I'll do it. Wait, and if I think we ever it was race again? Nashville, or it was Dallas. It was some some point this year where everybody ended up getting on it, and then I was the last <laughs> one that still hadn't. And then they finally they forced me to to get on it. And yeah, so I went legit. I think I went this way, mm-hmm. which is that's how they do it. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I went left hand on, and mm-hmm. it hurt. My whole hand and arm, I was good. I stayed on that thing for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, But it not only hurt that, it was hurting the inside of my legs. Like by the time I got tossed off that thing, I'm like, geez. Because you're trying to squeeze with your knees and it's like slippery plastic. But yeah, yeah, the hand under, so like what I'll do is like grab the bottom of the rope and then twist the rope. So it like pulls your hand into the, into the actual like bull. Is that what the pros do? Well, they they like tie their hand to the bull basically with a glove, but you can't really do that the mechanical bull because it's usually like a like a four inch long, five inch long rope. But that's my strategy. Nice, and it seems to work. Nice. Uh, So, Jen, this is a tricky question because you're vegetarian. Um, What I try so far, I'm 30 years old, so I've done experimentation up until now. I kind of live by the moderation tactic when it comes to nutrition, but as of recent, there's a few things that I do avoid. Allie and I in our home, like when she cooks or any of the food that we get, she doesn't get anything with seed oils. That's a big thing. We also, you know, she keeps a close eye like on how much sugar is in things. We don't eat much pasta. We eat really high protein, a lot of red meat. We eat a lot of just fish, a lot of salmon. Uh, let's see, beyond that, I mean, my hydration, shout out Element. I hydrate extremely well all the time. Uh, in the morning, I have five hard boiled eggs, which are hard. It's hard to get five of them down. That's a lot. It's hard to get five of them down. But they're but really, I do. they're, it's protein, right? A lot of protein. Yeah. And they're pasture raised organic so it's like the best they're expensive too uh but it's like the best type of egg that you could get uh for lunch lunch is the tough one dinners we eat well for dinner but yeah i don't the the thing is like everybody is everybody's body is so different you hear about people that are vegan and it works amazing for them you hear like there was a documentary with arnold schwarzenegger talking Mm. was he vegetarian or vegan one of the two and how well it worked for him. And then there's other people you hear that tried it for a long period of time. I was listening to a podcast with Rick Rubin the other day, and he said that he was vegan or vegetarian for a long stint of time. And he said he was very, very unhealthy when he was trying to abide by that diet. Because it's I, somebody asked this question, uh, putter, shout out putter. And I, the advice I gave is like, I, it's, I really recommend testing all of your levels, seeing kind of where you're at and what you need to make sure that you're having. So you're not eating foods that have too much of one thing or not enough of another because it is too specific for each person. You could get lost in just reading articles and watching YouTube videos and listening to people swear by this and they only, they're on a carnivore diet, they're doing this. Or you could just be like Grant and just eat chicken tenders every time you go out to eat. That seems to work pretty well. Yeah, I... Not a good. What did you get last night? Uh, pulled pork. That pulled was good. Pulled pork sandwich I got that was really too. good. Ouch! Bless you. Bless you. Holy oh. cow! That just shook the whole van. Oh. Um, I'm not a good person to ask on like diet stuff. I eat a lot of McDonald's, a lot of Subway. Oh. Um, 
gross. What do you get at Subway? Uh, Philly cheesesteak. I do love broccoli, though. I eat, but okay. I put a lot of butter on it, so it's... <laughs> it's. Well, how old are you again? 22. Okay. Yeah, and you're not, still... You still are kind of in the child eating phase. Yeah, I need... When I was 22, I probably was eating, like, Fruit Loops for breakfast still, and... Yeah, I don't eat much sugary cereal. What do you have for in the morning? Usually uh, fruit, like strawberries, or... Okay. Or I just don't eat, which is not good either, but I don't know, um... What do you do for dinner? It depends, but like the the go tos I'd say are uh, like steakums, which is like shaved steak. Uh huh. Is it like a, a what is it like a foot like in the frozen, microwave type of thing? Well, like heat it up, uh, cook it on like a stove top. Okay. Kind of put it on a bun. Um, my grandmother cooks a lot, and she'll do like all the stuff she makes is healthy, like chicken or steak or. Um, shepherd's pie i love shepherd's pie i love shepherd's pie too um shout out shepherd's pie but i don't know if i don't know anything but i had shepherd's pie when i was in ireland was it good mm. good oh yeah oh yeah that's like shepherd's pie land over shepherd's there. pie land yeah, yeah absolutely i, I had know. shepherd's pie in a guinness, guinness. delish mm -hmm. all right we got we got who i thought was josh herman but it's actually joe sherman kind of easy mix up Josh. easy mix up <laughs> Allie thought jo Joe Shimoda was Joshi Moda uh, so yeah. now I just call him now we just call him Joshi, Joshi yeah yeah which is a yeah. way better name by it's the way it's funny yeah uh, so we got Joe Sherman here this is the first time I think he's submitted a question shout out hey AJ Joe Sherman here uh, question a little bit about work so I'm a manager in the aviation industry um, I work normal office hours however my job requires me to kind of be at attention um, at all times that way if any a problem arises and anything I kind of need to problem solve that is why I like my job so much is because it's constantly challenging me but unfortunately I'm getting calls sometimes through the night very early in the morning um, I would love to be able to put my phone away you know at 8 p.m. and be able to pick it back up at 8 in the morning but unfortunately that's not really possible for me so I wanted to see if you had any advice on finding a healthy work-life balance in an industry that kind of works that way where you're constantly uh, might need to be contacted uh any advice helps thanks appreciate it. great question yeah that's a good one great question so somebody asked a similar question when, when ali was on the podcast with me and we talked about it a little bit but just depending on what mood you catch me in i'm probably going to answer this in a completely different way i have the privilege now to be able to have the team to where i and you guys probably have experienced this i disappear pretty early in the night yeah right if you're I, texting me at eight even maybe seven thirty, I'm 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 no I'm MIA. It's nice when I'm trying to get approval for a video. I'm like, just gotta go out in the morning, AJ. He's gone. Um, Four thirty, he's in bed. <laughs> Four thirty, and then uh, you probably won't hear from me before ten. Yeah, maybe nine. Yeah, but but definitely not before nine. Yeah. Uh, so in, in between nine and ten is probably when you're gonna hear from me in the morning, uh, because I tried to really distance myself from the phone at night and I try to distance myself from the phone in the morning. I feel that that helps me all around with creativity, with, with all of it. The biggest thing is if you don't have the option to do that, uh, well, because otherwise nighttime aside, the, there isn't much of a balance with my job. It's kind of like I'm at attention all the time. If I get a call from Tony or if I have to approve a video, I, it happens at any point. Yeah. You know, I won't like, if I'm at dinner, with Allie, I'll get through the dinner and then mm -hmm. I'll, and then I'll 
approve the video after the fact, but I'm working at all random hours throughout the day. So the biggest thing is I would say, don't look at, you need to be able to, to create a perspective of, of kind of what you said, which is you enjoy the challenge. So when the challenge arises, whether it's at 4 p.m. in the afternoon or if it's at 10.30 at night, that you can quickly be effective and creative and create a solution and then move past your issue and and then you're good. I think where the work-life balance becomes tricky for people is where when the work stresses them out. As long as the work doesn't stress you out. Like when I have a problem arise on on the team or if something's not done the way I want it or we have to just make a, a pivot and and do something a little different because that ultimately that's what my job kind of is mm -hmm. is I'm like solving problems constantly yeah. it's what owning a business is there's sometimes where it stresses me out <laughs> and Ali can definitely attest to that but usually it doesn't usually mm -hmm. I just I I'm quick thinking I handle it and then you move forward so therefore it just doesn't create like a I remember the days of going to bed and not being able to go to bed, sitting there like this, trying to go to sleep, and my mind is just going a million miles an hour and not yeah. being able to fall asleep. Or the days where I would wake up to an alarm, which was horrible, like that whatever the nasty iPhone alarm is, and then it's the first thing I do. As soon as I open my eyes, my phone's in front of my mm -hmm. face, and I'm there's issues. And yeah. I'm like, react, and what it, because what it does is it puts you in a reactive state. Mm -hmm. whether it's right before you go to bed or especially right when you wake up in the morning, you don't want to be in a reactive state. You want to make sure that you're approaching the issues like proactively with a, a clear, still mindset. I guess that'd be a good way to yeah, explain it. Yeah, that makes it. sense. Uh, because it's easy, especially when you own your own business or maybe it sounds like even what you do to where it can become all-consuming. That's a dangerous thing. Yeah, I, I would good say question. be... But it, it's tough. Like I would say, sometimes if I'm editing or, or whatever, and it just becomes like too much, I just walk away, like yeah. for an hour, go to the store with one of my friends, or go to the uh, ski mountain for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if he could do that because he's always got to have his phone. Because like when I do that, I'll put my phone on do not disturb and hang out with a friend for an hour and just get can, away that's from a it. Good, if you can, that's a good strategy. Yeah. Uh, because you will, you know if if like you're struggling with something or trying to think of something or to solve something you're just grinding at it and not making any forward progress if when you step away from it and then you clear your mind from it for a little mm -hmm. bit a lot of times you know, kind of like the idea will pop into your head yeah even. or if you just need to just diffuse for a little bit mm -hmm. but when Allie and I were at the point last time yeah I don't know if I had told this story yet or not but they have these really really expensive puzzles that are like five thousand dollars for the puzzle Wow. And so we spent one day mm -hmm. just doing a puzzle. And how was that? Oh, it was great. I, love I loved puzzles. it. Do you like puzzles? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, so and this was the hardest puzzle of all time because <laughs> the the puzzle pieces were there was no image. So that's the catch. How? You don't know what you're 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 putting together for the puzzle. Oh, so the puzzles made a picture but they you didn't have your little cheat sheet on the box. Right. But oh. the, the pieces themselves are the shape of clues of what the, the, the picture is going to be. So you can kind of oh. like figure it out. Like let's say it's like dogs. I think this one was like, it was a dog park. Mm. 
So there was there was dogs everywhere. So you got the gist. But it was like, of course, it's one of those puzzles where every piece looks exactly the same almost. Yeah. And so Allie and I were trying to do this, and she didn't understand the the philosophy here. But every hour, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how long we were sitting down here. Maybe every <laughs> half hour, I would have us. I would tell her to get up and go sit on a different side of the puzzle or yep. have us switch spots so we could have a different perspective. And then next thing you know, like forward progress Start again because you have a completely different perspective looking at it. That's a good a strategy angle. for that. Yeah. Even if it's in the same spot, but you go from sitting to standing, that perspective changes even enough. Mm-hmm. Usually it's good we practice. Have, yeah, we have to do that in my house just because we have terrible light. So you got to like move because the glare is different. You can't see some pieces. That's funny. But... Yeah, I like puzzles. Uh, good question. Joe Sherman, shout out. Oh, we got a King Friday question. He usually has got some banger questions. King Friday, shout out. Shout out KDX Rider. Hey, Jay, King Friday here. I just finished a run and I used Strava to track my run. And I was thinking, how cool would it be if we had a feature in the Moto Academy app where we could track our runs or biking, whatever we're into for working out? I uh, thought that'd be a cool feature. So I thought, podcast question. Thanks. Shout out, Strava. We need an app, V2. Me too. Couldn't get here soon enough. Couldn't get here soon enough. But yeah, I mean, that would be cool. That'd be awesome. It would also be cool when we have our own uh, community and our own track. The the idea is I want the cap the app to be capable of having a, a a lap time tracking system, so you can see leaderboards and you can see your stats, like how many hours have you ridden in the week, how many laps have you kind of logged, what do the lap times look like, kind of like the if you went to the go kart track, track yeah. and you can see the lap times and the whole deal, like to have that in the app. That'd be sweet. There's got to be a thing to where you could get like a transponder that like, you know how some hour meters, they, they know the bike's running by vibration. Mm-hmm. You'd do like a way like that. So knowing the bike was you on. Think about it. Like Strava, you could have leaderboards set up for different segments. Yeah. How cool is that? So you could have like KOMs on. set up for, you know, the roller section you have dudes coming off the track fit, pinned into the into the whoops just trying to <laughs> just trying to get the kom yeah because that's what on, on the road bike when i was in my strava days like i do i would do anything to try to get that kom mm-hmm. i mean i was hopping behind cars to try to draft behind cars i was getting pulled in by people like i was doing anything i could yeah that i lived in portland uh shout out to anybody that listens to this that lives in the connecticut area I think I had the KOM going across the Portland Bridge at one point, but to get the the typically you would ride on the sidewalk. Yeah. Because this is a very busy bridge. Yeah. But no chance you were getting the KOM going on the sidewalk. So I had to take the risk. I went on the road going across the bridge. It's like basically just trying to bike down the George down the center of the George Washington Bridge. Just essentially is what you're working with. Like three lanes of traffic. <laughs> so so I committed, I went straight onto the road and I think I if I didn't get the KOM, I certainly was very close. But yeah, how cool would that be? That'd Inside be, of the app. Like that, that would be so fun. Yeah. And you'd have I feel like it and people could earn people. different badges and stuff like on their usernames and you could see like their achievements and I mean you could gamify the entire yeah. there'd be people coming from everywhere just to yeah. Yeah. So yep. You could and... even put, you could put like cash rewards, like bounties. For example, if I, like you have me set all of the KOMs mm-hmm. and then as people are able to beat them, they get paid, they get paid out and yeah. bonused or something like that. Like it, it, it bonuses or credits their account. There's so many cool little things you, you could, could do, do like, like a, like a T 
t-shirt every month and like whoever has the KOM gets a t-shirt so if like you have the KOM for like four months in a row you just get a cool t-shirt every month or even if you just reach certain amount of laps logged so when Mm -hmm. you log a thousand laps you get you get a t-shirt and you get a you know a challenge coin be cool yeah like a bunch of little coins yeah yeah oh there's There's so many cool things you could do with that v2 in the app coming Um, in hot uh sealer 997 siler sealer he was at the track on the ktm 300 at moto bros punta gunta oh was it the first First day we went yeah he said let's talk about ama ama's new ruling on title sponsors what's your opinion did you see that yeah what's Um, your opinion grant so well originally they said no like only fans or any of that right yeah but dave dave pulley do you know him yeah I shot for him last Supercross and like we're friends and he he said that he's not going to have an issue but he didn't really say why. He <laughs> just said that he'll be good. Oh. Um cuz he's just doing it and hoping nobody says anything. I guess, I don't know. Cuz I saw a Instagram video of him showing off the custom painted helmet. Yeah. OnlyFans helmet. Mm-hmm. He was just he running was- it. He was running it? Yeah, I guess. What about Logan Carr now? I know he twisted I, his knee and leg yeah, backwards. Yeah, and I don't think he is with them is with only fans this year but I, that's like such a stupid rule on ama's part because it's it brings money into the into the sport brings jobs yeah and it's just another example of them they're either doing two things a lot of the times it, it feels like is that they're either trying to control that's the you know have all the money for themselves so yeah. like i remember when the cbd sponsor came in with chad reed or there's been multiple sponsors that have come in and they've kind of like hijacked them and stole them yeah the cbd sponsor he they said he couldn't do it and next, thing you know, next season the sponsored or the cbd <laughs> company sponsored the whole series yeah yeah so that doesn't tell you kind of what's going on there i that, that seemed a little shady i and then or it's like they're trying to abide to sponsors or networks or somebody for the only fans but sponsorship thing i get that but at the same time like you they have half naked monster girls all over the pits too which is like yeah it's it's it it, i mean this is with anything i guess but it just seems like when you get to the higher levels it gets it becomes more and more political Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate but that's just the the beast of the, the whole thing uh, it's, yeah, that's how the AMA works. But it's but. unfortunate because there's there's a lot of creative ideas that the privateer guys have come up with over the years that I've been pro at least, and so many of them have been shut down. Yeah, so, it, and those guys get. I mean, they they rely on that. As right? I say, you know, a car now or a David Pulley. It's if they're getting twenty grand or twenty five grand or ten grand or yeah, that's huge. Yeah, they can try to fund their whole season with that money, and if yeah. that money isn't there, the that's I, I mean I remember years where like my title sponsor would be fifteen thousand dollars, but that's what would get me through three quarters of my season, yeah. and then I would use some of my winnings to pay for like the rest to kind of make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man, holy cow, that brings back some memories. Just trying to get through those seasons and how shoestring of a budget yeah, that be, I would be on. It was nuts. I don't know. It'd be cool if the AMA would just let let the privateers or any anyone who races get that money because it's only going to help the sport helps the privateers get you know if they can make some money build a training facility they get better it just raises the level of the sport Mm -hmm. 
it yeah it sucks that the AMA has their fingers and all that. Um, Is the Canadian nationals are they the same um, way? Um, I th it's I think it's way looser up there. I think you can kind of do what you want up there. Sounds about right. Um, but I uh, now that I think about it, I don't I don't remember seeing anyone's like OnlyFans sponsorship or like a tobacco company sponsorship or CBD sponsorship. Um, cause I, most of the guys up there are like private. Are those races aired on TV? Yeah. They're, I think Fox sports and then okay. ride, ride TV. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know yeah. anything about any of it. Driver Jamie and I were podcasting yesterday and driver Jamie was furious that nobody on, because we're, I'm the oldest other than driver Jamie. How? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot of the guys on our team are really young. Mm -hmm. Maybe Jackson's older than me. Maybe not sure. Jackson's thirty. My age. So Tony's twenty nine. Nobody knows stats. He was talking about cameraman Cam and how like he doesn't oh, know any of the yeah. old guys. Yeah, that ride or just any like moto history. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, yeah, I don't know moto. Well, I know a little bit of moto history, but I know very little of what's going on currently. I've been like, way know. worse with knowing what's going on. Ever since they did the number switch to where it's like guys have a new number every year, that screwed me yeah, up. Yeah, no clue. I've, no clue. No. The season will come and go. Like last year in the East Coast, mm -hmm. no idea. No idea. <laughs> right? Like, And that's kind of a good thing because you'd be lined up at a heat race and you'd just see like PC guys and star guys, but I don't know who any of them are. Yeah. Really? Because I just don't know the numbers switch up too much. So I'm just like, oh. That... And every, I feel like all the teams wear the same gear like uh, and that's why i also don't, that's why i want 330 i don't yeah. want like this year i scored enough points to where it was like oh, am i gonna get Close. a two-digit number and is it gonna be like 99 like i don't really want that no do you have to run it now yeah that's stupid yeah would have worked yeah. out nicely this year because i took the year off so it would have went away anyways yeah <laughs> it would have been cool you could have you would have had a had a national number but never used it yeah <laughs> just and no, that, I'm good. that could have been my excuse I was gonna why say, didn't you race this year AJ no I didn't you know I just didn't want to run up. number 90 97 just not don't like that number that. no so we're just taking a year off <laughs> uh, uh, okay well we're oh wait no 58 minutes and that includes my uh, podcast deliverables like 40 and then 45. do you have any of the questions that they commented on the thing we could answer yeah, those pull a couple out um shout out ooh. All the questions that were asked, we didn't vet these questions ahead of time. Shout out. Yeah, it was cool. I posted something randomly in the app and a bunch of people um, commented. Um, what else is new? Oh, did you see the the Stark post? The first Stark reel that Jackson put up? Just, yeah, just, I sent it to just him. arguments going on. In the, oh, the one of you going through the rollers? Yeah. Yeah, I sent that to him. Just arguments going on oh, in the I didn't section. see the comments yeah uh I posted something on my whoa Jesus oh I'm my god I'm sorry Robert. oh my out god. of control uh I posted something on my photography page and it was just like this might be the best looking bike I've ever seen and there's like just a comment like no people are like just hating yeah, on it which but, is good for engagement yeah because it boosts those posts so keep on arguing with each other guys <laughs> shout out shout out everybody arguing yeah keep keep saying stuff it helps in the, the posts that i think it's got a good amount of views so far it's got to um all right so Lockie wants to know how do the pros train in the gym to get the most out of riding uh what sort of cardio work uh weight work um 
how are they training and how can we train to get fit and agile uh, like they are? So there was a lot of years and a lot of guys started training very kind of like Tour de France-like. Over the like top. Like as if they were professional cyclists. Baker's factory type stuff. Yeah, I think that's probably what started it. And there was a lot of guys that were on the road bike program. Mm -hmm. Probably still a lot of guys spend a lot of time on, on road bikes. I think a lot of guys do because it's low impact for your knees. But it definitely now in like the Jet Sexton era, I mean, did you see Sexton pull off the track after winning? And like, he didn't even have to take his shirt off yet. He was just soaking wet. And you just see him shredded because mm -hmm. his jersey was just stuck to his muscles. Yeah. Like, dude's got some nice arms. <laughs> he, yeah, he does. He's looking good. Yeah, he's fit. And then he took his chest protector off. He's shredded. Mm -hmm. I could get more shredded than him and just give me a, a month or two. I got, yeah. I got good pecs. He's got weight. He's got just strong arms. I'm surprised he doesn't get uh, arm pump. Arm pump. Yeah. Because he's got big arms and he lifts super heavy. That usually they say causes arm pump. You would think. Uh, Jet has not quite that type of build, but Jet has really broad shoulders, big back. Uh, he's a bit taller, strong legs. Like definitely not a cyclist build. Yeah. No. And I think that's more effective just. Uh, for structurally to you know not have lower back pain to be well-rounded to have like make sure that you're hitting all the right muscle groups i think it's important to do like strength training combined with foundation training or yoga or something of that so you can really be like strengthening the right muscle groups like the weird little muscle groups that a lot of times you miss and then stretching the right muscle groups. i was just gonna say stretching is like because especially in motor, really you'll big. get like really dominant in super certain muscle groups or even pedaling a bicycle. You get mm -hmm. dominant in certain muscle groups and then other muscle groups get really weak. So what would you... creates a bunch of issues. Yeah. What would you say like the balances between weight workouts in the gym and going for a run or going for a bike ride like 50-50 I think or... it depends how much you're riding also. So, and it depends what your priority is. I would say prioritize the riding. Mm -hmm. So let's say Definitely. you're riding three days a week, which is probably a lot for a average, lot of people. Average guys say two. Two. So if you're riding two days a week, you want, you'd probably be able to get in two to three strength training days. Like in the gym? Yep. Yeah. And then you'd probably want to do two to three cardio heavy days. Yeah. That's... Did I overshoot how many days were in the week just well, then? Well, if you're riding and not doing anything else, then yeah, you're at like an eight-day week there. But I mean... Uh, um, yeah, I think for me, I, was, I wasn't I was doing enough... Car like if you just had the, the last two months of when I was working out in the gym in Connecticut, I was doing more strength. I would get on the... From my house, I would run to the back fence... And back to my house, which was, what was my record time? I think it was like a two-minute sprint. So I don't know how far yeah, that was. but Probably it wasn't... like a quarter mile. I never, I didn't go over there. I kind of saw yeah, it. Yeah, probably, yeah, roughly. That's... So I would sprint that. So mm -hmm. I was like trying to get sprint work in, which I actually think was really helpful. Yeah. And then I would also go to the gym and my warm-up at the gym would be one mile on the treadmill as fast as I could go without opening my mouth. Mm-hmm. So I was able to build to where I was getting, I think I was doing like nine point something speed, mm -hmm. which was like in the six-ish pace wise, yeah. minute, six minute pace uh, with my mouth closed, which was pretty good. That's that's good. Yeah. It was hard. It felt like at times I was going to pass out because I wasn't getting <laughs> enough air. 
Um, uh, and then I would go do strength training for yeah. not long, 40 minutes, 30 minutes even sometimes, mm -hmm. and then just be out of there. I forget what they call it, but there's a like a training method where you get your heart rate super high, kind of back it down to a lower zone for a certain amount of time and then bump it back up. I've heard that's really good. I can't remember the name of it. We used to do it in track in high school. Yeah. Which is like intervals. Yes. Yeah. That's yep. really healthy. Yeah, because a good sign that you're in shape is that like, you can get your heart rate back down mm -hmm. quickly. Which just, even when I'm not in good shape, I, my heart rate can go back down really quickly, which is good. And I'd, I'd say that's help, help for, helpful for motocross because if you have a sketchy moment right. or if you're going through a whoop section, you're going to tense up and your heart rate's going to get elevated at certain points in time. And it's good to learn the skills to be able to like breathe over a 100%. jump. Or, I think that would be important. 100%. Good Metamoto. Uh, Check out this question. What's your go-to for undies? I learned the hard way as a newbie not to wear loose boxers. Sitting on your keys when shifting forward will make you contemplate life choices. <laughs> Stuck to boxer briefs after that, and now the ones, uh, now the ones with the little pouch. Oh, uh, yeah, I think I know what like that means. Manscaped, I think, has those. Oh, okay. So I wear one specific type of boxer when I ride. It is the EVS compression short. Yeah, I it wear... It has a pad. Oh, like a chamois, like a mountain bike chair. Mm -hmm. Kind of. Bicycle a little, A little thinner than that. Mm -hmm. And then it has a little bit of a hip pad as well. And a little mm -hmm. bit of like a... Tailbone? Tailbone pad. Very, so, very thin. Yeah. Um, but those are the best. And what also I wear the sock sleeve EVS combination, which goes all the way up to like mid thigh. Yeah. And then the compression short goes over that to kind of lock that in place. And then the TP199s go on top of that. So yep. it's like a system that just stays put. That's exactly what I do. I under but I have Under Armour uh, compressions, the EVS socks, compressions go over the socks to hold them up. Yeah, TP199s. Yep. And then that's uh, a good system, and a lot of yeah. people don't know that. A lot of people are wearing like freaking loose boxers. No, first of all, don't who's don't wearing ever loose? Do that. Who's wearing boxers nowadays? Do people do you wear boxers? Uh, I think what are these things? Briefs, look, boxer briefs. Those look a little loose, dude. They're loose. Oh, that's loose. Yeah, it's, to me, that's so uncomfortable. So I at all times wear just like aloe or Lululemon, oh. um, just briefs. Yeah. Okay. And they're they're just tight and they stay put yeah mine are but yeah on the looser. bike i don't even wear those because no. it's just not good enough i wear the evs don't know what they're called but go on the site use code ajcat330 get 30 percent off get the sock sleeve combinations get mm -hmm. the get those little compression short things they're amazing and get the tp199s while you're at it might as well there's there's some people that started going to like a long john type style mm -hmm. if it's cold i'll wear that yeah um do you wear like an under sh shirt under if your it's jersey? hot uh well, okay, so I'll have a nipple chafage issue mm -hmm. when I'm doing long motos on outdoors when it gets hot. So I'll either tape the nips or wear uh, some type of compression shirt. That's exactly what I do. Under Armour compression, if it's okay. too hot, got to get and the electrical makes, tape out. makes the EVS uh, compression shirt as well. Yeah, do that. Yep. I'd say that's a that's a good strategy is just full compression, like yeah. shirt, boxers, socks. Yep. Put your gear and then when that. it's cold, I'll wear like an Under Armour long sleeve turtleneck type yeah. thing under the jersey. That works quite well. Mm -hmm. uh, good question, Metamoto. Shout out Metamoto, by the way. He won the trip to, he's flying, we're flying him into the Daytona trip. 
Oh, sweet. From cool. New York. So he's freezing his butt off in New York right now, but don't worry. Yeah. One well, month and a half, and you're going to be down here in nice sunny Florida. We're going to go to Daytona Supercross. going to be epic. So shout out Metamoto. We give away trips all the time inside the app. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're an hour into the podcast, uh, get inside the app for gosh sakes. Mm-hmm. Do it. Joe Sherman, do you guys have the capability to discuss TMA growth through 2023? Members in the app, YouTube subscribers, Instagram followers, etc. cetera. Uh, so our growth in 23 was, was quite a bit, kind of a, across the board. There wasn't... In 23, we didn't really have like KPIs and uh, milestones really mapped out super well. We were definitely still in the mode of like throwing things at the wall and seeing what would stick. But now we've really kind of, we're starting to get things organized. And even on our team calls, like we're, we're trying to get in the habit of just making sure we're keeping up with our weekly yeah. analytics just to see, because if not, you end up, you could end up putting a lot of effort into something that just isn't even working yeah so it's like you constantly have to make sure and it's it's tricky instagram i think is a little bit easier to guess what's gonna work right definitely compared to youtube YouTube, it's a freaking toss-up it it's like pisses me off sometimes like the circle knockout challenge one over a hundred thousand views right away and Mm -hmm. it's like i thought that video would have flopped really yeah right it's it's because it's a toss-up and then there's some videos where i'm like this is the one this Mm -hmm. one's gonna kill it and then it just gets like five thousand views and i'm like huh yeah it it youtube is really really tricky really tricky uh we don't publicly discuss the app members uh only reason for that is because people can very quickly just do some math yeah and figure out how much income we're making for the app members and i just would like to keep that somewhat private i suppose although i can assure you guys and you should be able to Oh, oh no. no! You should be able to just <laughs> guess this based on our rate of growth with uh, scaling employees. But trust me, I I invest a very, very, very healthy amount back into it. As much as any uh, financial advisor would advise somebody to do is going right back in. I feel like you have to do that though for for growth. Like Mr. Beast, he's talked several times about how he's like still worries about money. Like he's not poor but he just spends everything back on the youtube yeah well you have you you even have to honestly if you're if you're doing if you're working the tax system the right way Mm -hmm. it's like why wouldn't you spend as much of it as you can on things that like uh you know buy a sprinter van buy more dirt bikes buy these are all things for the business yeah so if you can lower your tax liability that obviously there's a balance there's Mm -hmm. a certain point where at which it doesn't make sense but uh it yeah uh you absolutely and i always give myself peace of mind because it's like okay yeah we, we're spending a lot of money could we be maybe biting the bullet on tax liability a little bit but then banking more at the end of the year mm-hmm. yes but for me it's creating the value in the big picture so 10 years down the road what is moto academy worth mm-hmm. what is it evaluate what what's it evaluated at in 10 years versus if i just like am a cheap ass yeah and don't put money back into it like a yeah. lot of people don't hire employees because they're afraid to let the reins out or yeah. lose to somebody else and they don't want to take the risks financially. I have taken huge risks financially in the business to get to the point where, to get me to 2022. Mm-hmm. Even maybe in 2022, there was big risks being taken, but 
uh, huge risks. I mean, that's that's why most people don't have the, the they wouldn't be able to do what I've done to to build this thing is because it, it's freaking scary. Was that the year you gave away like three or four bikes? Twenty two. That would have been twenty one. So even, probably even those were big, then. those were big risks like that. For example, in 2021, I think it was when I gave away the Cowie 450, mm-hmm. then I gave away, uh, the three bikes for three bikes all at once, July which 4th. you were there shooting that. that. So that was a YZ 252 stroke. That was a Husky 350 and that was a Honda 110. 110. Yep. And then I gave away a KTM 125, mm-hmm. which was tricked out. I raced that in Supercross yeah. versus Thank Dog. Um, those were big risks, not just because of the value of trying to make up the cost for the bike that I'm just giving away to somebody, mm-hmm. which is a lot. Yeah. 10 grand. Right. And then for the three bikes, that's a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. 25. But I was also spending anywhere between 20 to $45,000 a month on Insta, uh, you, on Facebook ads. Oh, that much a month on Facebook wow. ads. So it was horrifying because i'm i'm just racking up the amex on these facebook ads and yes you're only spending you're calculated in that sort of in that you're spending when the ad is performing Mm -hmm. so your roas has to be at a certain point before you're spending that much yeah ideally uh, but then you have the cost of goods when like for that, we were doing $1 spent was one entry. So mm-hmm. the idea was try to just push the merch as much as you possibly could. Uh, but so then you had the factor in the, your return on ad spend had a factor in how much the, your, um, what was the cost of goods? So if you're working with like a 50% profit margin on the t-shirt that you're selling if you bought the t-shirt for 10 bucks and you're trying to sell it for 20 Mm -hmm. that needs to be factored into that as well so what would happen is um without disclosing too much but like for the cowie the first 450 that i gave away and this was the first time i experimented with this business model at all and by the way everybody copied it Mm -hmm. that's what buttery does now that he emulated that off of boys i think do that. that i was i from what i i'm pretty sure nobody did it with dirt bikes before me yeah i don't pretty close i don't remember because i emulated it off like the 20 20 80 80 eight what it's like eight, the, 80 the, 80 the big car one. instagram yeah because yeah. the person who was doing it for me was somebody that was involved with them so okay. i kind of had the in that way and so and you, then everybody started trying to do it and you, that's when yeah. buttery started doing it and all these guys which is great if it mm-hmm. works for you where he's his are a little different uh i don't think he tracks exactly the one dollar spent one entry i think he just randomly i think you just buy pick somebody yeah i think I don't it's know anybody that it. buys merch is entered i don't know how uh, he does it i don't honestly know we had to pay uh to to do it the correct way it has to be a sweepstakes right you can get in trouble quick with like so it has to be a sweepstakes yeah. and you have to our all of ours we had a, a lawyer that mm-hmm. we paid i think we had to pay the lawyer five thousand bucks to then um calculate all of the entries the sweepstakes is also you don't have to pay to enter technically with the sweepstakes so you could if and a lot of people would do this you could send in a submission or a letter to the po box and that's your entry and you could send in as many as you wanted oh so the the lawyer would get all of those at the po box he would calculate the, the entries from online and then he would pick somebody so we had no control over that at all 
that was to protect us legally to do it right that's scary though i hope that buttery does it that way right because he you know he's probably selling a lot of money in merch so hopefully yeah you you protect yourself and do it the correct way with the sweepstakes but i'm, I'm sure he is he's smart um so like that first uh one with the cowie very quickly we made a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars but that we grossed a hundred thousand dollars yeah so i i remember the break even based on how much we were spending on facebook ads invested into the motorcycle itself paying the lawyer cost of goods for the the merch the that merch, was being yeah. sold we had to we had to make we had to sell seventy thousand dollars or something in merch just to hit the break-even point and what was really scary is that break-even point usually wouldn't come until the last week so we ran this promotion for 30 days and there the system that you use is like you create multiple entry uh, options right mm-hmm. so like a uh, final day five times entries yeah. which is uh, honestly it's a bit uh, it's not a it's not super fair like it gets people mad right yeah. because they spend this money they spend a couple hundred bucks on a single entry day and then it can go up to a five-time entry or whatever you want it to be but legally with the lawyer you have to predetermine that before the sweepstake starts you can't just make it up as you go put it in the fine print or whatever. it has to be in the contract it has to be done ahead of time mm-hmm um, so that way it's fair to some extent. Yeah. The people like kind of participating in it don't know what it's going to be, but you make a lot of your money in the first day of the 30 days when you announce it. Mm-hmm. And then you make 60% of the rest of your money on the final 48 hours, right? That's so Hey guys, scary. you got one day left. We're picking a winner tomorrow yeah. for this bike. So you're going into that final day, <clears throat> not even at the break even point. On a prayer. Yeah. Yeah, that was stressful. Yeah. But then you'd make be. you would make twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in a day mm-hmm. on that final day. And the first couple did really well. Yeah. And then the Facebook ads started, it was like right at the time where they if you're if you use Facebook or Instagram and you get the term of if you get a new like terms of agreement, yep. uh, a lot of times if you hit like no to the something like something private your information being shared whatever mm-hmm. that was the option that popped up for people so it wiped almost everybody off the map so you no longer could track oh yeah because anything they that's how facebook tracks what they're clicking on yep. and what their ads they're yep. seeing and that changed yeah. the game so anybody that's in like the facebook marketing world knew or would know what I'm talking about yeah. in that in that year, 2020, 2021, whatever it was. It complete. Of course, it was as soon as I got into it. I did the Cowie. It did really well. I made a lot of money in that first month in the Cowie, and then I went to go do it for the hot rod shoot for yeah. the three bikes. And it was as soon as that started, the thing switched, and immediately our ads weren't performing. So, a lot of those car sweepstakes companies, a lot of the dirt bike ones that I saw that were trying to do it, they all just started to fizzle out mm-hmm. because they weren't getting the return on ad spend that they were before. You were seeing return on ad spend like 8, 10, 15, 20, meaning if you spend a dollar on an ad, you were you were making 15, 20 bucks. Yeah. Like you could see it that good. That's crazy. Now you're lucky if you get three, four, five. So that uh, must be why like the only two that I can think of that are doing it are Buttery and Seaboys and they have a massive YouTube following. So that's their, yep. they're advertising it on their YouTube. Yep. Yeah, and the only reason we don't we haven't done it in a while, and we probably still will with the straight rhythm bike, I, I've kind of held on to it for that reason. Yeah, 
is because it takes uh, a lot of focus from our marketing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I don't really want to, even if it made, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 grand um, net. Yeah. It's not worth it to put that much focus into marketing that thing when we should be focusing our marketing on tour tour dates and yep. on in the app. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it would have to be like going on in the background a little bit, which you could if you did, if, if Nate's been really dialing in the ads on Facebook and if he feels confident to, to just have like, you know, very little organic social posts for that, mm -hmm. but then the Facebook ads are pumping out for it. It could work. Yeah. Um, longest answer of all time. Sorry, Joe Sherman. But yeah, I what what's interesting is that I have learned and we'll be done after this because Allie's going to kill me. I got to get that. Is um, I have my hands in every single thing that happens with the business and I have created it from the beginning. So at the beginning, I was the guy doing every, every job. Uh, so I was doing your job. Mm -hmm. I was doing Jackson's job. Tony, Hannah, Nate, Driver Jamie's. Jamie. <laughs> yeah. I was doing all the jobs, uh -huh. right? So I know how to do all of them and I know every, and it's cool because I could have those conversations about ROAS on Facebook um, advertising or um, these financial calls. And I still know nothing in the big picture. Like there's a lot I have to learn in business and I learn something new every day, but it's fun. Mm -hmm. It's fun yeah. as you start to figure it out. And then the biggest thing temptation wise is I just, with how much knowledge I have now in business, I could be highly, highly successful in another business that isn't motocross related. Yeah, it's tough industry. But uh, it, yeah, <laughs> it is. But uh, but it motor ultimately, then it would just be to a certain extent, kind of chasing the dollar, which is is irrelevant to you, me. You lose your love for it, and you just be yeah. yeah. Yep, you would lose the motivation eventually, mm -hmm. or you would hit that point of uh, what now. Right? Yeah. Because you would get to the certain dollar amount to where you're just chasing dollars and that's not the right way to do it. With Moto Academy, I love it. Mm -hmm. I love building the community. I love everything about it. So it doesn't matter if we're making $100,000, a million dollars, $10 million. It does, it, the, the money doesn't matter. As, yeah. long as, as long as I can afford to be able to pay the employees and grow it, mm -hmm. even if it's just growing slowly, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, real quick before we go, the real GP... Uh, asks, is there any reason he would want to purchase a DJI action camera instead of a GoPro? Um, Which one does uh, Mitchell have? No idea. Insta360. Is it? Mm -hmm. I haven't. And his is cool. I haven't seen the footage off of it yet. Uh, it looks good. It does. Yeah. Um, but as far as, a, so like the DJIs, I know they have a little bit bigger sensor, so they'll do better in low light. Um, they're honestly probably just as good as GoPro. So if the the reason I think we all use GoPros is just because we've that was the first camera. That's we're what we've always used, yeah. and we're familiar with them. Yeah. Um, but if you're getting your first action cam, I I don't see why a DJI wouldn't uh, wouldn't work. Um, yeah, or same with the Insta360. They sent me one once upon a time, but it was like somebody sent sending me an Android. Like I just didn't have the time to learn how to yeah. use it. So I just never gave it a chance. Exactly, which the, is the GoPros. I've, it's like the iPhone for me. I've the GoPro I've had since day one, mm -hmm. so it's pretty user friendly. It's I just for, it familiar out. for us, yeah. But if someone uh, someone's getting their first camera, um, one thing we did change recently is we went from a, a using SuperView setting to now we use eight eight by seven eight by seven. Mm -hmm. 
which makes it so that we can crop vertically for socials and then it still looks uh still looks fine yeah for when you're widescreen i don't i barely notice a difference yeah so little tip if you guys want to be able to film something that you can utilize and make it look good on instagram uh which is important because gopro clips do really well on uh socials shoot in the eight by seven 60 frames per second yeah the eight by 4K. seven the highest quality yep i think it's 60 frames 4k and you have the the hero 11 uh and i just got the hero 12 and that it's still an eight by seven but it's like a little bit bigger it fits more in it yeah it's like might be 5k instead of 4k um and it's sweet i don't know i would look into it and see if the dji ones can do that and if they can i would say 50 50 whatever you prefer um but we just we just all use i think is that you i think it's me sorry uh i think we all just use gopro because we're familiar with it but if yeah like i said if it's your first camera yeah and chin mount works well i think was mitchell wearing his on his chin or his chest uh chin oh he had the dingo dango ones that clamp yeah i don't like those i didn't either and he didn't even have the safety tether so he was just clipping it on I was risky like, Dude, i never used to use the safety, safety thing either and oh. i would wear that in super cross like on press day i remember the, had to have oh it fall, fall off all the time so the flaggers would always have to come <laughs> and return it to me yeah because yeah. if you overshoot something it just oh as soon as it touches you but your i would know it would always hit my crossbar pad mm-hmm. which would also knock it loose. yeah because it's got the bottom clamp thing down there yeah okay uh, i gotta get back to the baby uh, mil- uh shout out alley cat she's had a lot of time with baby millie by herself this week mm-hmm. um I've been trying to step up when I am there, but shout out Alley Cat. Hopefully Millie's been good when I've been gone. For the two people still listening, Driver Jamie and uh, Premix Papa, thank you for listening. Number one podcast in motocross. Toodaloo. See you guys.